Bibles this morning, would you turn with me to Ephesians chapter 4 for a little anniversary message. Uh, How many of you know that age is just a number? Age is just a number. Uh, (laughs) Good for you. I'm glad you feel that way. (laughs) Anyhow, it is just a number. And, you know, in, in 34 years... Uh, there's a lot of developing and there's a lot of growing that you can do, but whether it be in the church world or just in terms of people in general, age is just a number. I've met plenty of teenagers at the age of 15 who are more mature than some adults at the age of 45. How about you? It's happened. In fact, I've seen some temper tantrums on the road this week as we got back into school that made me think that there were some kids that never, ever grew up because they, amen, right, they were, they were throwing temper tantrums like my threes and four-year-olds uh, in the Preston parking lot this week. So if your kids go to Preston, God bless you. My kids do too. And it's, it's dangerous in there. But uh, age is just a number. I've met plenty of people in their 70s and 80s and 90s who, who, who have decided that they were going to continue to have fun and, and love and enjoy life. And, and I've met plenty of people who, of a very young age, were very, very mature well, you know, in the church world, age is just a number. And you know what? In, in the church world, we're, we're not measured in years. This is a wonderful anniversary, and we are blessed to be here this morning. But in the church world, we're measured by growth into Christ-likeness. That, that's how you can be 34 years old and growing. We want to be a growing church. We always want to grow in more souls and more people who have come to know Jesus as their Lord and Savior but, but we're going to find out from Ephesians chapter 4 today that even if you're 34 years old as a church, you have not arrived. You have not yet made it. We've been, we've been so blessed by generations of VLCers, the ones who, as I mentioned, bought this property, grew this church, 70 became hundreds. Uh, they've blessed our communities. They've reached out to nations around the world. So, so you might say, well, shouldn't you be mature yet as a church? Well, Did you notice how many people stood up who've been here for 34 years? We live in a different day and age, a day and age when when the church turns over quite often, that in 30 years you you might see a a brand new mix of people. In 10 years you see a brand new mix of people. In 15 years you see a brand new mix of people. We're called the body and sometimes hands and arms and legs and elbows, eyes and mouths, they swap out. Different people with different talents, different abilities, different ministry skills come and they go. The church is resetting all the time. But we're going to find from Ephesians chapter 4 today that the church can constantly be in growth mode. We can always be growing up. And my question for you today, for the next few minutes, is this. Can we right now, Victory Life 2018, be the growing church that God asks for us to be? Can we grow into the Christ-likeness and the maturity that God is calling this generation of VLC to grow into? I believe by affirming the scriptures today and asking that question, we can come to a really solid answer. Are you in Ephesians chapter 4? We're going to be starting in verse 11, and we're going to be reading through verse 16. And he being Jesus... I'll be reading out of the English Standard Version today. And he being Jesus gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds, the teachers to equip the saints for the work of the ministry, for the building up of the body of Christ until we all attain to the unity of faith and the knowledge of the Son of God to mature manhood to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ 
so that we may no longer be children tossed to and fro by the waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by human cunning, by craftiness and deceitful schemes. Rather, speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in every way into him who is the head, into Christ. From him, the whole body joined and held together by every joint with which it is equipped, when each part is working properly, makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love. Do you think the church is supposed to grow? Are you catching all that language? That, that we are constantly in growth mode, that we are constantly trying to attain to the fullness of the stature of the measure of Christ, that, that we have work to do at every time and at every season. Paul gives us this picture of the early church. He says, Jesus gave leadership. He gave leadership, and he, he mentions apostles, those who had seen and talked with Christ and, and had the authority of being Christ's apostles. He, he mentions evangelists and prophets, traveling preachers and teachers, if you will, ones who had a really good gifting in helping new people come to Christ or ones who had a gifting in, in, in knowing what God was doing in the world and what he was going to do in the world. And then he mentions shepherds or pastors and teachers, ones who would set up shop within the church itself and help to do something very important. And that's something that is very important. The reason that God gives leadership in the church is this, verse 12, to equip the saints for the work of the ministry for the building up of the body of Christ. The reason that God gives leaders is to equip the saints. Who are the saints? You got it. You are the saints. I get to be a saint too, but you are the saints. Now, now what that means is, is that at the moment we come to Christ, at the moment that we accept his sacrifice on our behalf in the heavenlies, in, in, in the reality in which God exists, you are declared holy. You are declared righteous. You are declared someone who belongs to God. And Father God sees Christ's sacrifice on your behalf and says, holy. But also, if we were to look at this word from its root within the Hebrew, now we're reading in Greek today, New Testament in Greek, Old Testament in Hebrew, holy means to be set apart for service to God. So the job of the leadership within any church environment is to help those who are the holy ones, those set apart for service to God, to be made ministers. So that the people of God may be the ministers of God. And the first step in being a church that is growing into the fullness, the measure, the stature of Christ is to be a church of emerging ministers. And I don't necessarily mean that, that we have uh, always pastors coming up among us. I mean every saint becoming a minister. Yeah, we, we, we would be happy if more pastors came up from among us. My, my daughter Natalie said recently, I want to be a pastor like dad so I can tell people what to do. And I thought, well, sort of, right? Uh, sure, we want more pastors, but, but what Ephesians chapter 4 is telling us is that you are a minister. So i got to change my language, because when I go out and about and I'm talking to new people, like, what do you do for a living? I say, I'm a minister. I should say, no, I'm a shepherd or I'm a pastor. And, and, and how, how great would it be if you, if you were to grab a hold of who you are in Christ to the point where someone says, hey, what is it that you do? You say, well, I'm a minister. 
And, and they were to say, well, 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 what church do you work at? Well, I don't work at a church. I work at an accounting firm, but I'm a minister of Jesus Christ. Because that's who you are. That's your vocation. That's your job in life. Now, there might be a place where you work, that you're, where you're talented, where you're gifted, the place where God has planted you to be his person, to be his minister. But your vocation in life, according to Ephesians chapter 4, according to the Apostle Paul, in the word inspired by Christ himself, you are a minister of Jesus Christ. You're a minister. You, a saint, a holy one, one set apart for service to God. You don't have to be a shepherd or a teacher to be a minister. And I find this is often the case. Churches can become cults of personality where we often elevate those who preach the word or who teach the word to some type of exalted status. And therefore, because of that, that, that issue that we have within the church, many people want to become teachers or they want to become pastors and they feel that if they're not a teacher or they're not a pastor, they're not ministering. And that is so untrue. In fact, we're told in the scriptures that not many should aspire to teach because it's a heavy task. There are so many people who have ministries within the church body for the building up of the church body that, that go unnoticed or unrecognized, but they are key and they are needed and they are worthwhile within the church community. I think of one lady in our church. I, I won't point her out today because she'd be monumentally embarrassed. She has a card ministry. She, she sends cards every week of encouragement to people whom God lays upon her heart. I love when God lays me upon her heart because I get a card not just thinking of you, you know, XOXO or something like that. I, I get a card full of scripture and encouragement and love and, 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 and who I am in the sight of God. And she does this faithfully. This person is not teaching or preaching to anybody, but boy, are they ministering within the body of Christ. I think of another couple in this church, and I won't, I won't point them out because I embarrass them, uh, who, who, they're not involved in a ton. They're not, they, they don't come to every single thing, and they don't come to every single class or every single life group, but every time I am in their home, they have someone else in their home. Someone who is down and out, someone who might be struggling with chemical dependence or drug addiction, somebody who's, who's lost their job, lost their livelihood, lost their family, and they are ministering for Christ by opening their home to people. You know, I, I could just spend the rest of our time together today talking about the various ministries that you do. But what I want to encourage you today is if you have not yet found your niche and your role in ministry, remember that the church is to be a place of emerging ministers. And you can emerge into the ministry that God has called you to, but you need to seek his face to find that ministry. And, and you do not need to aspire to be me, nor do you need to aspire to be Kim Smith down the hall who's a teacher. Aspire to be who God is calling you to be. And the result will be, in verse 12, for the building up of the body of Christ. And that's the second sign that we are growing into maturity, that we have a church of builders, that we are working to build up this body, that you and I are working towards the collective goal of growth into the fullness, the measure, and the stature of Christ. How many of you know that the church is God's agent on earth? That's who we are. We need to be sold out and building in the church where God has planted us. We need to be thinking about what is going to help us become the community of Christ that God is calling us to be. Sometimes we can take a very negative bet towards that question. 
Sometimes I, I hear, well, you know, this church is this old. We should have had this figured out by now. And, and, you know, sometimes there's truth in those statements. Sometimes those are good criticisms. But sometimes you hear, we should have had this figured out by now, and you're thinking to yourself, but hold on, we're still growing. We still have room to grow. I attended a church one time that was celebrating their 100th year anniversary. 100 years, they were celebrating the full year of their 100-year anniversary. Awesome. And I was sitting there on the Sunday that they were launching their benevolence committee. After 100 years. Now, if you don't know what our Benevolence Committee does, when we give in our benevolence offering in the first of every month, that money is set aside and we have a committee that tries to help people who have fallen on hard times so they don't fall behind on their bills or lose their home or, or, or things of that nature. Now, we, we've had that for as long as Victory Life has, has been around, but this church had been around for 100 years, much bigger than Victory Life, was just launching it then. And I remember in my cynicism at that point, I thought, oh my goodness, well, aren't they heathens? They should have had this figured out by now. Instead of thanking the Lord that God had raised up builders within that church to begin that ministry. See, I, 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 could, have, I could have just gone to the negatives. Oh, they should have had this long ago. And you know, perhaps they should have, but who am I to judge? What is more important that there was builders within the church who realized that there was a lack and they were ready to build something. The ministers within the church were ready to see what the church needed, and they were willing to be the change in the church to accomplish what God was calling them to do. In the same way, we can't be the church we were 10 years ago. Parts have swapped out. Or 20 years ago, people and parts have swapped out. Giftings and talent sets and, and passions and, and ministries go, come and they go. But the question for us today is this. Are we trying to make the place from which we minister the place to be? Are we trying to make sure that victory life is moving towards the fullness of our Lord? Are we using our gifts in compassion and our gifts in service and our gifts in giving and our gifts in encouraging and our gifts in healing and our gifts in prayer? Are we using them so that this place can be the hands and feet of Jesus Christ? Are you personally a minister and are you looking to build not every building project has to do with hammer and nails. It has to do with what God is calling us to, to become the people that he wants us to be. The third thing today that, no, that can get us into growth mode and still growing is a church that is heaven-bent on unity. Look at verse 13. Until we all attain to the unity of the faith, that we are all ministering, that we are all trying to build, and we're all trying to get along under the flag of Jesus Christ. I mean, if I could look at one thing that's consistent in the letters of Paul to all of the churches that he writes to, he consistently encourages them to work towards unity in the faith. To the fact that they are all moving in tune, all moving in the same direction for Jesus Christ. We're all moving to the same dance, if you will. I don't know about you, but... I, I, I loved the claymation Christmas special that used to come on. You ever see that? It was great. In fact, you can only find it on YouTube nowadays because that's so old and it, I'm dating myself right now. And I remember there was this great, there was a great bit in the middle of this show where a bell choir, where the bells were actually bells hitting themselves in the head to do the, the carol of the bells. And there was one bell that just didn't have it right. He was off and he was, out of, he was out of tune and he was out of sync and, and the maestro was losing his mind because the bell was off 
That's the way the church works sometimes, is we got to have everybody in the choir, everybody in the group, everybody in the church working together for the same goals so that we can grow together. We're moving to the tune that God is humming. We are trying to get to the place that God is using all of us together, and that is a lot of hard work. You know, I really encourage you, maybe you're one of these folks in Victory Life, you've been here 10 or 20 or 30 or 34 years, and if I were to ask you today, do you know where the church is headed, and do you know where we're going, do you know what we're all about? Yeah, yeah, come on Sundays, I would encourage you. Sign up for our next growth track that's starting in the month of September. Find out more about our vision statement and our mission statement and our core values. Spend time with our executive pastor to, to find out more about what our goals are for the next three, four, five years to see what we believe God is calling us to within our church and within this community. There, there's work to be done in the area of unity. We must be heaven-bent on it. We must, we must be... be, be fully engaged in what the church is trying to do in order that we can become the church that God is building us to be. And finally this morning, and most important of all, is that we must be a church that wants to know and be like Jesus. Look at the rest of verse 13. Until we all attain to the unity of the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God, to mature manhood, to the measure of of the stature of the fullness of Christ. This is the key. Everything that we just mentioned about wanting to be ministers, uh, being a builder, being full of unity, it, it begins and ends with a personal decision to know and be more like our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Each and every one of us desiring to attain the fullness and the measure and the stature of Jesus for us to want to grow up into who he is. Oftentimes I hear a, a, a complaint about another Christian and, and, and the phrase is used, well that wasn't very Christ-like. If we could eliminate all the things that weren't very Christ-like, could you imagine the impact we'd have on the world? You know, we come here to church and we go to life groups and we, we get involved in volunteer ministries and we do a lot of different things within the church. But the most important thing that we do within the church is to know and become more like Jesus Christ. It's the most important thing that we can do when we gather to make sure that we are learning more about who he is and what he's calling us to be. The journey of exploring who Jesus is, it's like finding out who you were meant to be from the moment you were born. Because you were meant to be like him. You were called to be conformed to the image of the Son, the Bible says. Have you been thinking about Christ-likeness recently? Have you been thinking about the idea that that you can mature to the place where you look more like Jesus. Because that's what a disciple does, after all. They listen to the words, they embody the words, and they try to become like the master. Now, here's the thing. I don't want anybody to put an extraordinary pressure on themselves today. 
because you can't be all of Jesus to everybody. You cannot be. I have great news for you today. You are not the son of God. Don't try to be. If you try to be the son of God, you are in deep trouble and you will be the most, because Jesus wasn't a people pleaser, but you'll become one. You will try to be everything to everybody. Here's the beautiful thing. I'm preaching to individuals today, but just as important, I'm preaching to a church. We are the body of Christ together. Where I am weak, there one of you is strong. Where you are weak, there someone else is strong. We don't all have the same gifts. We don't all have the same talents. We don't all have the same abilities. We don't all have the same passions. We don't all have the same calling. But together, somehow, in the sovereignty and the goodness and the love of the Lord, we as a whole can look like Jesus to the world, all of us together. All of us together. We're all trying to become more like the Savior. We're all trying to become his disciples. We're all trying to think how he thinks and see what he sees and speak what he would have us speak. All of us should be trying to get to that place, but don't feel the pressure of being as gifted as Jesus. You ain't. I'm not. But together, together, do you see the picture that Paul is giving us? Together, we can grow into looking like Jesus. To the world, that people could walk in here when all people in unity and in building and in ministry are doing everything that God's calling them to do, they walk into this building and it's like Jesus is here. I ain't making this up, we just read it. We can attain to this, we can move towards this to where we're growing up into the head that is Christ. But there's a catch. And the catch is this, are the people of God in growth mode? Are we in growth mode? You know, it says a little bit later on in this passage that each part must be working properly for us to get to this point. And so I have three questions or three statements to you today, and the first question is this, are you all in? Are you trying to attain to that unity? Are you interested in knowing what ministries God is calling you to be part of? Are you invested in life groups where you can grow and, and find out more about what it means to be Christ-like? Are you all in? Are you part of this body and are, are you investing in this body? Because God wants you to. You know, I've read a lot of different passages about the body of Christ. We read some a few weeks ago when we were talking about who Jesus is in our series, he is. And, and of course, there's other passages where Paul uses this imagery. I don't see any imagery where there are accessories to the body. I have never seen anybody described as a sunglasses to the body or, or, or a ring to the body or, or, or a hat to the body or earrings to the body. There are to be no accessories to the body, just the body. Are you all in today? Have you joined the story of Jesus Christ? Are you living out the story of discipleship so that you can come to the place where you are telling the story of Jesus Christ to others? The most remarkable thing that I think about when I think about this building and what people gave and what people sacrificed, because this is where I'm at in my life right now, this place was purchased and built by, by a number of individuals, singles, marrieds, but a lot of those marrieds were parents of young children. And I think, boy, 
Thank God I was not a parent of a young child like I am a five right now in 1984. Hey, come out to the church. We're putting up rafters. <laughs> no, we got bedtime. Hey, we're, we're going to go do a car wash on Saturday. Uh, no, I'm sorry. We have 14 youth sports that we are going to this Saturday. I think about what I have been all in in 1984, and I, and I don't like to think about all the excuses I sometimes make for not being completely invested in my church, and I'm the pastor here. It's hard to be all in, and it is hard to say that this is a primary place, the primary place from which I minister, but I want to tell you today, it was worth it, and if you, if you go talk to some of those folks who've been here for 33, 34 years, they would tell you it was worth it. Every sacrifice that they made because of the souls that have been saved, because of the people who have been discipled, because of the impact for Christ that VLC has had in the community. Every Saturday, every car wash, every bit of love offering given out of a, a dearth of income was worth it because Jesus has been glorified and souls have been saved. Are you all in today? Not so that you can be all in so we can pat ourselves on the back. We're awesome. No. Because we want to become like Christ. We want to be his hands and his feet in the world. The second question I have to ask you for you today are, are you being equipped? The word equipped in, in the ancient Greek was often used for broken limbs being healed. Nets being mended. Ships being rigged with their sails. Are you being equipped today to be the minister that God's called you to be? Because all of those images have something in common. They're things being returned to their usefulness. A ship without sails ain't going nowhere. A net with holes ain't catching no fish. And ask anybody with a broken limb in here today, it's pretty hard to use that limb. It's interesting today that AJ and Pastor Otto were talking about the brokenness that Christ can heal in our lives. We were all marred by sin. We were all broken by the fall. We all came into this earth with something crushed in the image of God within us. But by Jesus Christ, we can be healed and we can be returned to our usefulness. We can become who we were meant to be when God envisioned our life. God has envisioned your life. And he wants to take that broken net and mend it to return you to the usefulness of catching fish that he designed you for. Are you being equipped? Are you spending time learning from other Christians and life groups? Are you faithful to, to being part of our story here on Sunday mornings? Are you volunteering for ministries where you can learn how to do things within the church? Are you being equipped? I think about all of those life groups that Pastor Otto highlighted, and I just thought, I could use like 12 of these. He told me which one I had to go to. But anyhow, are you being equipped? The opportunity is there for you. Are you being equipped? Would you consider looking at that list and saying, Jesus, where do you want me? Where can my nets be mended so that I can be used by you as your minister? And finally, and I mentioned most importantly, are you trying to look like Jesus? Do you want to know him? Because I want to tell you where two or three are gathered in his name there. He is in the midst of them. The Lord Jesus is here with us this morning. Every time we gather, he's available. We talk a lot of Victory Life about encountering God, that every time we gather together, we want to encounter him. He's encounterable. 
if you pursue him. He'll speak to your heart and he'll minister to who you are and he'll make sure that you become the person that he designed you to be. Are you continuing to open your heart to Jesus Christ? If we answer affirmative to all these questions, we can look like Christ to the world collectively. Jesus is the fullness. He is the all in all. You cannot be the all in all. You cannot be the fullness of him on earth, but the church can be his body. And we as Victory Life right now today can attain to the fullness of the measure of the stature of Christ. We can become more like him together to have a great impact in our time together if we seek him with our heart, if we go all in, and if we're equipped to do it. Would you pray with me? Prayer team, would you come right now in this moment? And if today you're right here in this place and you say, Pastor Matt, something you said got to me, and I, I need to either, one, encounter Jesus this morning, I need to pray for some equipping this morning, Perhaps you're in this place and uh, you are saying to yourself, you know, I, I, I need to go all in. I, I, I just need that. Just for a few minutes, this place is going to become a place of prayer. And if you need to reaffirm your commitment to growing within the body of Christ today, I would encourage you to come. These altars are open. You can pray with one of our elders or one of our pastors. We're here. If you just want to kneel and say, Lord Jesus, I've been in a little bit of a fog, and I've been missing some of this in my life. I, I have made other things more important. I have pushed the important things to the side, and I'm going to take the bold step of moving toward you this morning. If that's you, would you come? Would you pray? Would you say, Lord Jesus, I'm all in? People are coming right now. God bless you. Jesus, I'm all in. I'm all in. I love Victory Life. I'm into it, but more importantly, I'm into looking like you. I want us to look like you. We're going to just remain in a time of prayer for a few minutes, and I encourage you, these altars are open. And I encourage you today to ask the Lord these three questions if you remain in your seat. Lord, am I all in with what you're trying to do? Lord, am I being equipped the way that you want to equip me? And Lord, am I passionate about you? And whatever he speaks to you in these next few minutes, I pray, just as we prayed earlier today, that you would meet with him personally and do business with your Lord and Savior. The altars are open.